0: About what he wanted us to learn this week is prophesy the end, prophesy the end, prophesy the end. And so then, as I was studying and he was giving me the scriptures about what we're supposed to talk to, and 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 Patty, you don't have to go unless the people want to go. That's fine. But anyway, what he what he then said to me was when you are in the middle, when you are in the middle. When you are in the middle, prophesy the end. Prophesy the end. Do not give up. Do not faint. Persevere. Persevere. The vision is true. God is a yay and amen God. He doesn't change his mind. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Ever. Every miracle in the Bible is your promise. Every word in the Bible is your promise. It is your promise promise. It's okay if you want to go, by the way. I didn't mean you shouldn't. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every word in the Bible is your promise. And if you, if God has given you a word on something, honey, don't give up. Stick to it. Stick to it. Stick to it. Stick to it. Don't give up. Take the vision. Go with it. Do not believe the lies of the devil. Do not let him enter into your realm of life. Hallelujah. He has no place. No place. If God has given you a vision, if he has given you a dream, if he has given you a promise and you're in the middle and you don't see how it's going to happen, you say, I decree the end. God knows the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. You may not see it, but he knows. You may not see it, but he knows. So you stand, having done all stand, and when you're at that crossroads, you stand. And you decree the end. You decree the end. And you don't give up. And what's going to happen, saints? What's going to happen when you do that? Hebrews 11:10 says, I have a maker. I have maker and I will dwell in the city whose builder and maker is God I will dwell in my new Jerusalem I will dwell in my new Jerusalem I have a builder I have a maker hallelujah and he is going to see me through to the end I have a part to play in that. I have a part to play in that. I will prophesy the vision. I will get the vision. I will prophesy and decree. And I will not take no for an answer. I will not take no for an answer. I will dwell. I will dwell. Think about the saints. Think about what this means. For the here and now. His kingdom come here, here, here. As it is in heaven. There is a new Jerusalem coming. We see it in Revelation. A heavenly new Jerusalem. But God tells us, as it is in heaven for believers, for those who rely on him, trust in him, draw nigh unto him, believe, stand in faith, that his kingdom come here on earth. If he shows it to me in the word, I have it here because his spirit is in me. His name is in me. Do you know, do you know, do you know? Do you know that when you are born again, when you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what is planted on the inside of you, saints? The seed of God. The seed of God. The seed of Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the name. The name. There's a seed planted in you that is the name above every other name. And what happens when that seed in you, that name, that explosive character of God, when it meets the world, the world bows. The world bows. (laughs) The very seed of God himself, (laughs) the word, the name, planted in your spirit. It rises up when the enemy comes in to attack. It rises up, the word spoken, because it's coming out of that God character in you. The name meets carnality, and carnality dies. And we receive the new Jerusalem. The city of God, the land of promise, every one of them, yay and amen, hallelujah, hallelujah, so I'm going to go to Ezekiel, and I know y'all are thinking, oh, I'm going to go to Ezekiel, we are going to go through some scripture today, We are going to Ezekiel. I'm just going to, actually we're going to start in 34. In 34. And here's the situation here, guys. The Lord is not happy that the shepherds have not taken care of the flock. Not happy at all. I wouldn't want to be on God's unhappy side. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who only take care of themselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? So see, that's why we preach the whole word here. The whole word, including repentance. I don't want your blood on my hands. (laughs) If I give it to you, your blood's on your hands. (laughs) Okay? So I have a a commitment before God to give the whole word. Okay? That's only the right thing to do. You eat eat curds and clothe yourselves with the wool and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak. Now listen to the things that God is concerned about for you. Okay, yes, this is the house of Israel, right? God loves the house of Israel, but we take this word, we take this word, and it is a prototype. It is a, uh, uh, we learn from it for our own lives, right? Because God never changes, and we are his children. But you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays, or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. Verse 6. They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched or looked for them. Okay, that's the situation, and that does not make God happy. And when you are in that situation, when you feel scattered, when you feel broken, when you feel uncared for, God is not happy. That is not what he has for you. That is not the wholeness. That is not the completeness that he has for you. And so he goes on That God is on a rescue mission for you. God is on a rescue mission for you. Verse 11. This is what the sovereign Lord said. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. Could you have a better promise? Could you be in a better spot? (laughs) I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As the shepherd looks after his scattered flock, when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. You are his sheep. Every blood every person who believes in the name of Jesus is his sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of cloud and darkness. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been where you feel this is a day of cloud and darkness, man? I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying, I'm calling on you, God, and I'm not seeing it, and I'm not seeing it, and it's really cloudy in here Have you ever been there? Well, hang on to the promise, saints. Hang on to a faithful God. Hang on to a God who loves you beyond anything that you could ever imagine. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries. I will bring them into their own land. What's land? land? Come on, we know this. What's land? What? Milk. Milk Yeah. milk and honey is right. That is right. It's the promise too, right? It is the promise. Whatever your land is, it is the promise of God in your life. When you see that word in the scripture, you need to relate it to that. He is taking you. He has provided for you a land of milk and honey. and I will bring them into their own land. You know what? That's another thought. That's another thought. God has a special land for each and every person that's only designed for you. Only you. Don't chase after somebody else's dreams. God has better ones for you, personally. Personally, big, 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 big. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, In ravines and in all the settlements of the land, I will tend them in good pasture. And the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. He has mountain height living for you in the here and now. Mountain height living in the here and now. This is not me speaking platitudes. This is not me speaking, oh, let's all feel good here together. This is me speaking faith. The word of God, it's right here. So if you think or someone tells you it's too good to be true, you just laugh in their face. And, well, you'd be nice, be sweet, be loving, be kind. But in essence, in essence, you say, well, then you don't know my God. There they will lie down in good grazing land. There they will feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. God has his goodness for you. God has his goodness. God has his goodness, his glory for you. Every person in here. There they will lie down in good grazing land. There they will feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Lord. Rest, saints, rest. Rest in who your father is. Rest in how much he loves you. Rest in the fact that he's here to care for you. We forget to rest sometimes. Rest in his faithfulness. It comes out of his love for you. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost. I will bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. You see what he's saying? That's what he had talked about, that he was upset that that was not being done by the shepherds. He's saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for you. Hallelujah. I'm going to go over to the next. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. Look at that word. See that word weak? Where can you hide your weakness? Where is your weakness hidden? It's hidden in Christ, isn't it? You see, you have a weakness, don't dwell on the weakness, dwell on the God. In our weakness, he's made strong, right? He shows his strength. I should have said it that way. Okay, I want to go over to 25. We're still in in, uh, Ezekiel 34. I will make a covenant of peace. Now we have peace. Add it to all the other things. I will make a covenant of peace with them, and rid the land of li- wild beasts, so that they may live in the desert and sleep in the forest in safety, safety, protection. Do you see how much he's pour- how much he wants to pour out into our? lives? Do you see how much he has already provided? He's the tender here. I will bless them and the, and the places surrounding my hill. I will send down showers in season. There will be showers of blessing. I don't see a limit there. I don't see a limit at all. You've been believing God for some showers of blessing in various areas in your life? Well, hang on. He he sent them. He accomplished it when he sent Jesus. The trees of the field will yield their fruit and the ground will yield its crops. The people will be secure. The people will be secure in their land. Beloved, it does not matter what's going on out there. Get in a place where you're wrapped in the arms of Jesus. Get in the presence of God. Draw nigh to Him, and He draws nigh to you. He gives you complete security. It does not matter what's happening outside your land. He hems you in. He hems you in. (coughs) <coughs> they will know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those who enslaved them. What has tried to enslave you? Well, we already broke it this morning. It met its maker. Now you receive that, and I don't want to hear anybody talking anything against What the maker has already done. What has, what can enslave people? Bitterness, fear, anger, sickness. I'm sure y'all can name a lot, right? But you see, we were never meant to be enslaved. We aren't enslaved in Jesus. Bondages, addictions, entrapments of the world, thinking the way the world thinks, that's that's an enslavement. Hallelujah, we get to renew it with the word and refresh our minds with the word. There will no longer be They will no longer be plundered by the nations, nor will wild animals devour them. Today is the day that those feelings of being devoured are gone. That comes from the enemy, not from our God. They will live in safety, and no one, no one, get this, saints, no one will make them afraid. No one will make them afraid. You see, fear steals your faith. Impatience steals your faith. What do those come from? It come from not truly understanding how much God loves you all fear, every fear comes from not truly understanding the tremendous love of God for you. They will live in safety and no one will make them afraid. I will provide for them a land renowned for its crops and they will no longer be victims of famine in the land or bear the scorn of the nations. Then they will know that I, the Lord, their God, am with them, that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the sovereign Lord. See, we are his children, we receive this, just as... A, just as. The land of Israel. We receive this. We are engrafted. We are believers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So then, next, he goes on, and in in verse in uh, chapter thirty-five, and I'm just going to summarize it. He basically basically in in, in thirty-five. He, he gets very strong about those who have opposed Israel. He gets very strong. Isn't going to tolerate it. He judges. God judges those who come against his children. You don't need to do that. That's not your job. Your job is love. Your job is love. So he does that, and he says, Because you rejoice when the inheritance of the house of Israel became desolate, that is how I will treat you. You will be desolate. You do not have to worry about your enemies. Your maker <laughs> knows how to meet them at the door. Hallelujah. All right. Then we go on to 36. And this is where God comes in. And, you know, this is where God comes in and he's like, this is really weird, God, because, you know, Like this curse, you know, because Israel, Israel has been disobedient. They haven't been. They haven't listened. They've been idolatrous. And he comes in and he's going to show mercy and his grace. And he says, "I'm going to reverse the curse. I'm going to reverse the curse. Hallelujah! I'm going to reverse the curse." So already, just just this much that we've gone through here today, he's become our res. We see that he's our rescuer that he causes us to dwell on the mountaintops, that he gives us rest, that he gives us peace, that he gives us safety, that he gives us shower of blessing, that he's the restorer, and now he's reversing the curse. What more could you want? (laughs) See, we just have to get it in our spirits. Hallelujah. So anyway, we go to Exodus 36. And he restores, he restores Israel from what the enemy has stolen. And so in, uh, we're going to start in verse 8. But you, O mouth of Israel, will produce branches and fruit for my people Israel, for they will soon come home. Yeah, now we understand that, that this is prophetic about the returning of Israel as a nation. We understand that. But there's a whole lot more to it, saints, because you are his children, and he wants you returning home to him, to the promises that he has given you. Okay? So that's how we're looking at this today. I am concerned for you and will look on you with favor. You will be plowed and sown, and I will multiply the number of people upon you even the whole house of Israel, the towns will be inhabited and the ruins rebuilt. Hallelujah. Has there ever been anything in your life where the ruins needed to be rebuilt? See, we receive that. We receive the rebuilding of the ruins by a supernatural anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit. He rebuilds the ruined saint. We just have to have faith. We stand in faith. You stand in faith for this personally in your life. You stand in faith for this for your nation. I will increase the number of men and animals upon you, and they will be fruitful. You will be fruitful. I will settle people on you as in the past and will make you prosper more than before. Do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. If there is a lack, if there is something that the enemy has stolen, he will prosper you more than before. More than before. Fear not, children. Fear not. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And then I want to skip down to verse 15. No longer will I make you hear. Okay, he's not just saying, no longer will I make you the taunts of the nation. He's saying, no longer will I make you even hear it. You do not even have to hear the taunts of the devil. You don't have to hear regrets over your past. You don't have to hear about the things that you did wrong that have caused you to become or bitter or feeling like you're unworthy before a holy God. That's not true. You receive your worthiness in Christ. So we can all dredge up a billion things in our past that maybe we did wrong to deserve some sort of chastening from God. But see, we just go back. We just say, here it is, Lord. We repent. We lay it it down. And he says, right here. In other words, the devil's not going to be able to whisper in your ear anymore. Right? I'm not even going to hear you, devil. I'm not listening to you anymore because I don't have to. Because Christ gave me a new covenant. No longer will I make you hear the taunts of the nations. No longer will you suffer the scorn of the peoples or cause cause your nation to fall, declares the sovereign Lord. When the people, and I'm going on down to 17, when the people of Israel were living in their own land, they defiled it by their conduct and their actions. So he's even saying, even if you did this, even if you brought this on yourself, even if you brought this difficult situation on yourself. Well, is that good news? Does anybody, like, feel good about that? (laughs) Are you pretty happy that you don't have to sit around and wallow around at everything that you did wrong and castigate yourself all the time? Yeah, and then back here, let's just look at this one. Because he says the same thing back here in Jeremiah 33, 12. The righteousness of the righteous man will not save him when he disobeys, and the wickedness of the wicked man will not cause him to fall when he turns from it. You will surely die, but he then turns away from his sin and does what is just and right. And listen to this, verse 16, none of the sins he has committed will be remembered. against him. He has done what is just and right. He will surely live. Can I have an amen? Are you done remembering your sins? Can I have an amen to that? Say, I am done remembering my sins. I've re- of my sins, I've laid them at the cross. I'm done remembering, and like we just read in that other verse, I will no longer hear the taunts of the enemy in my hearing. I will not hear it. I will not receive it. I have a God who is better than that. Every time I hear that word, I start singing. (laughs) where was I I was somewhere I think we're on 16 when the people of Israel were living in their own land they defiled it by their own conduct and action so I poured out my wrath on them because they had shed blood in the land and because they had defiled it with their idols Idolatry I dispersed them They were scattered through the countries I judged them according To to their conduct See that Sometimes our conduct Scatters us doesn't it Doesn't it Don't you sometimes you know you do something And you're like it's not according To the word and all of a sudden you feel like You're in a scattered land Well saints God is your rescue. You don't have to live in a scattered land. We live in a land of plenty. We come back to him. We pour it out at his feet. He picks up the pieces, puts them back together, and makes it more beautiful ever than before. And our lives are no longer scattered. But there'll be a time when you're in the scattering, when you're in the scattering, and you'll be at a crossroads. And it's going to be your choice. It's going to be your choice. What are you going to do? Are you going to decree the end? Are you going to decree the promise? Are you going to decree the scatter? I'm going to rise up in faith and decree the promise, the vision, the dream. Declare that my God is bigger than the scatter. He's a whole God. He has wholeness for every one of us. Not brokenness. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. No scattering. He draws us unto his bosom. He's the one who takes care of us. We don't look to man. We look to him. We keep our eyes on Jesus. So anyway... Let's go on. I want to go to verse 25. I will sprinkle clean water. <laughs> this gets so good. Like, I don't know how y'all can sit in your seats, but whatever. <laughs> I will sprinkle clean water. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God is good. He is almighty. Woo! I will cleanse you. He is my all in all. He is my El Shaddai. He is my Jehovah Nisi. He is my Jehovah Rohai. He's everything to me. Everything to me. And because he's everything to me, so are you. Because he sheds his love abroad in our hearts. Hallelujah. (laughs) I will sprinkle clean water on you. You will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. This is a time of a new dispensation. I decree it. I declare it over every person in this room. This is a time of a new spirit outpouring, a new dispensation new manifestations of the Holy Spirit. There are going to be you in here who prophesy. There are going to be you in here who come forth with visions. Every one of you is a member of the body of Christ. Every person that is a member of a body of Christ has a special gifting that is meant to be shared with the body. I am not drunk as they (laughs) suppose. I am not drunk (laughs) as (laughs) they (laughs) suppose. I got a a lot of material to get through. I will give you a new heart. I will put in you a new spirit. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you. You Y'all just say that right now. I am moved by the spirit of God. I am moved by the Holy Spirit who is working the will of God in my life. I hear from the Holy Spirit and God's perfect plans and purposes are accomplished in my life. I walk into the new city of Jerusalem with all its glory and the goodness of God in my life. It is here for me in the here and now. Hallelujah. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. I will save you from all uncleanness. I will call for the grain and make it plentiful and will not bring famine upon you. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the fields, so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Yours is not a land of famine. Yours is not a land of famine. Our maker does not live in a land of famine. This is what the sovereign Lord says. <laughs> okay, okay. We got a good God. We got a good God. We got a good God. <laughs> On the day I cleanse you from all your sins, I will resettle your towns and Ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land, anything that has been desolate in your past or currently, the desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all those who pass through. He will say... The land was laid waste, that was laid waste, has become the Garden of Eden. It is time for a return to the Garden of Eden. But it's not a return, it's a going forward. It's a moving forward by the power of the Holy Spirit, by a new spirit. Hey, I'm doing a new thing. Hey, I'm doing a new thing. A new thing for every person in here. A new thing for your families. Oh my God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God of the new, that you never, 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 never fail to see the new, to bring the new, to restore, to refresh, to rebuild, to reconstruct. I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. You receive that, saints. You receive that today. It's not some time in the future. He has rebuilt and restored the desolation, rebuilt the ruins. Okay, now all that was said. He gave us all that. He gave us all that to get to chapter 37. He gave us all that to get to chapter 37. Because we've all faced dry bones. We've all faced a lack of hope. We've all discouragement. We've all faced the feeling that we've just messed it up too bad that we can't ever get it right. We've all faced that. Ezekiel 37 The hand of the Lord was upon me. The hand of the Lord is upon you. He brought me out by the Spirit, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. He brought me out, say he brought me out, (laughs) by the Spirit of the Lord. He set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. You don't have to say the rest of it. (laughs) He led me back and forth among them. Oh, my. Oh, my. Just thought of this. The Lord just spoke that to me just right this very second. Have you ever gone back and through, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth through your bones? The dead, dry bones laying on the ground. Have you ever done it? Back and forth, back and forth. Oh, this. Oh, I did this. Oh, I did that. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, this is blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Have you ever done it? No more. No more. No more. Say, I am not going to walk back and forth through that valley of dead bones anymore. Say it. Say it. Say it. And then we back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? Okay, look what Ezekiel says though Ezekiel, tremendous man of God, tremendous prophet of God. Given the honor of delivering the word of God. What does he say? He does not prophesy the promise here at all. He says, Only you know God. Wrong answer. (laughs) Wrong answer. But do you see God's grace and God's mercy? Have you ever done that? Are you ever in a situation saints, where you're just like, oh my God, I I can't have any more faith. And you know what you're supposed to say. And you get to be this little robot. Yeah, these bones can live. Yeah, these bones can live. Yeah, these bones can live. And you don't believe it. You don't believe it at all. Because you're facing challenges. You're facing difficulties. The devil was whispering in your ear. Not after today. And so you give an answer like Ezekiel. Only you know, God, I'm tired of this. I'm worn out. I'm tired. By the way, don't ever say you're worn out. Say, my God is my strength. Right? Right? So here he says, Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. This faith thing is a little bit big for me right now. So then God says, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. You see how he's helping us? He's not saying, Oh ye of little faith, because you didn't do so and so, now you're, you're going to lose the promise. He's helping you. He's saying, do this. Okay, I know you feel weak. I know I know this is hard. I know. Here, sweetheart, prophesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't we serve a good God? Yeah. Don't we serve a good God? He's our helper. He's the lover of our souls. You know, He loved you when you were in sin. He loved you. Love, love, loved you. (laughs) Prophesy to these bones and say to them dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. Okay, this is the promise. This is the promise. Get a hold of the promise. I will make breath, the very breath of God, I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And you will come to life. The dead, the desolate, the broken, the scattered. It will come to life by the very breath of God. You know, for months, for months, the Lord has been just speaking to me breath of God, breath of God, breath of God. I can't get enough of it. He just keeps saying it to me over and over and over and over breath of God, breath of God. Oh, breathe the breath of God into this situation. Breathe, oh, breath of life. So there we have the promise. So, now see here, we're not even so certain that Ezekiel believed this at this point, are we? We want to believe that he believed it, but maybe he didn't. Maybe he was just saying it. But nonetheless, he said it. Nonetheless, he took the word that God told him to speak, and he spoke it. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, as I was... You know, there's that scripture that says he answers us before we ask. There's another one that says that as we speak, it becomes. Because the speech of God, the word of God, is living and active. It is alive. It is full of power. So I prophesied, as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them. And we're all getting excited the promise is here. The promise is here. I got my miracle. And then look what happened. But there was no breath. Hey God. Hey God. You said it was going to be this way. Well, in my thinking, this is only halfway through. I'm in the middle of the miracle. I'm in the middle of the miracle. I'm in the middle of my dream. I'm in the middle of the vision you've given me. I'm in the middle of the promise. Well, the question shouldn't be, hey, God, where are you? It should be, hey, God, what should I do? There's no fault in you, God. You gave me a promise. I'm at a crossroads. I'm hanging on. I'm not giving up. You said it. You never change. You're no respecter of persons. You are for me and not against me. I am walking through to my miracle. Now you just tell me what to do. What did he say to do? Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Oh, breath of God. You see, I'm in a crossroads here. I'm thinking about quitting not really. I don't know if I've ever thought that way my whole life. I really don't. I really, I'm not not even saying that. I'm saying that in all humility. I don't know if I've ever thought that way about giving up on anything. If God has told me it's so, it's so. Some people call that (laughs) stubborn. Yeah, maybe. I might have a little bit of that in me. Okay? Truth be told. But there was no breath. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, say to that mountain, say to that demon, say to that difficulty, say to that brokenness, Say to that bitterness, say to that anger, say to that resentment, say to that sorrow, say to that oppression, say to that depression, say to that sickness, say to that lack, whatever the mountain is, at the beginning we already learned that he has mountaintop living for us, it's not going to stand in my way. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, Son of Man, and say to it, This is what the Son of Man says. The Sovereign Lord. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into the slain that they may live. From the four corners Come, O breath, and make this live. O breath of God. O breath of God. There is nothing in this carnal world, if you choose to confess, if you choose to believe, if you choose, even in obedience, even when you don't necessarily feel it, but you choose to speak to the breath, There is nothing that will hold you out of God's plan. No fear, no mistake. Because he is the very, this is the very breath of God. Banishing fear. Making you clean not a mistake, making you clean. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. Saints, when we prophesy the word of God, we bring life into the situation and we become a vast army. The angelic hosts of heaven are at your side. They are all around you. They are your defense. They come on the scene. They respond to the word of God. You become a vast army. Why does he need a vast army? He needs a vast army so that you will witness to a fallen world. Then he goes on, and he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, they say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. You see, when we focus on the dry bones, our hope is cut off. But he's saying today, your hope is not cut off. I am your shepherd. I am your tender. I am the one who looks after you. These are the promises that I have for you. It is not dry bones. It is life into situations that you thought couldn't live again. It is life into your dreams, a life into your visions, the things that the Lord is speaking to you. Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, see, He has another answer. Always, always God has the answer. If anyone feels hopeless, if they feel like they've done too much wrong, if they feel like hope is gone, if they feel like they can never make it right again, therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I am going to open up your graves and bring you from them. He is an opener of graves, just like we talked about last week. He removes the grave clothes. He has rolled away the stone. And he's still rolling stones today. He is still emptying tombs today. It was accomplished by our Lord Jesus Christ, by the blood that he spilled when he went to hell. He was raised up and he went to the mercy seat for you. If you had been the only one living, he would have gone to the mercy seat for you. And he poured out his blood and he eradicated the hold of the grave. And because of it, you can take off the grave clothes. He says it right here. I am going to open up your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. He's the grave opener. He's the tomb destroyer. He's the stone roller. When I open, when, 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 not if, not if, not if, when. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. The land of milk and honey, the land of promise, the land of a vision so big, so wonderful, so good, so glorious, so above all that we could ever ask or think or imagine here today. I forgot all my notes, but that's what I think the Lord had for us today. <sighs> So I think what we'll do, I want to do communion first. then I want to acknowledge Madison and I want to do the tithe, the offering. So if y'all can hang with me a little bit longer, that would be awesome. So we're going to do communion because and I really, you see, the communion is the meal that heals. It is supernatural. This is just not something that we do. This is a supernatural meal. And so when we receive communion, I want you to receive it as a guarantee of the promises of God. I want you to receive it. That's what it's meant to be. A guarantee, remembering what his blood, what the blood of Jesus has accomplished and what the broken bones and the shattered body well he didn't have broken bones let me say the stripes let me put it that way what the stripes because he never had a broken bone but what the stripes the slashing the disfigurement they said he was unrecognizable so we receive this as a guarantee, not only of what's to come, remembering, remembering, but of the promise that he's given. We have open communion, as long as you're born again. Lord, we just thank you for your body, broken for us, Every slash that you took was because of your love for us. The crown of thorns, the slashes, the crucifixion, all of it, you did for me. Say, you did it for me. So I now receive your body as healing unto mine. In Jesus' name. And the blood that you allowed to be spilled on my behalf. Thank you, Jesus. I take this in remembrance of what you've done for me, cleansing me from every unworthiness, making me righteous before you, redeemed, forgiven, cleansed, made pure and whole. I receive your blood for the cleansing that you purchased for me. In Jesus' name. And now I want to recognize Madison. Madison couldn't be there yesterday. But she grabbed Madison, and you come come up here, and and, um, if the parents want to come up, that's fine, too. If you don't, that's fine, too. Madison graduated from Evelyn. That's a good sister. Come over here, Madeline. I'm proud of Madeline. What did I say? I called you Madeline. Did I say Madison the first time? Oh, good. So that's Evelyn. I didn't mean to say Matt. I've never. Come here. Come here, come here. come here. Come here, Madison. So Madison graduated from ECC actually a whole semester early. And I've known of Madison since she was eight. I haven't had the great pleasure of being in touch.